0: okay good evening everybody welcome to another edition of complete sports media's podcast i'm your host darren campbell and uh, as always joining me on a monday to do a weekend wrap up of sports is jason cameron hey how's it going buddy
1: uh it's going good man it's going good it's been a beautiful day today it was not a very uh demanding day at work so i'm quite happy
0: nice nice yeah, well, I, I was expecting to work. I haven't worked in quite a while, and so I was like, shoot, I gotta put clothes on today? Damn, I really wasn't uh, wanting to, and then uh, lo and behold, I wasn't called into work, so I just only put on clothes about 10 minutes ago for this show, and, and uh, they're coming back off. It's too nice uh, weather, too hot to wear anything, so uh, yeah, I've just been lazing about you know going to wreck beach and being home being naked it's just been great i've been loving it
1: i am really happy and so are our viewers that you decide to put clothes on just to do the pod so thank you yeah. so much for that <laughs> you're <Thank> you. welcome <laughs> <laughs> and, and hey, hey man hey just enjoy your time off because yeah. once you get back at it you get back at it you know how that goes
0: i know yeah we both know and uh yeah i I don't mind uh yeah i've got a few more days and a uh, lot more of these things to do and uh, sports to watch uh, meant another phenomenal weekend of sports um I, I thought things would really slow down the nhl was over the nba was over and i thought okay wow it's gonna just free up so much time and then the boom the olympics start and uh so holy cow i've been just watching tons of that uh, it's been super fun uh, obviously, USC Saturday, and that consumes uh, pretty much every Saturday for me. But the um, Olympics have been fantastic. And uh, because of um, free agency looming and the uh, N- uh, NBA draft on Thursday, uh, some trades have happened. So some cool things to, for us to talk about right off the hop. Uh, have you heard of the big trades in the NBA today? No, I I, I missed that. I missed it. What, what what happened something huge yeah there's been like some huge 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 moves absolutely massive uh <laughs> it's been crazy uh the raptors supposedly have traded fred van vliet og Anunoby, and their fourth overall pick for ben simmons so oh. pretty uh pretty shocking news there uh i don't love the trade i don't know why they're doing it um but uh, that's the big, uh, rumor that the huge trade has happened there.
1: Uh, okay. I'm a little, okay. First off, I'm just going to say this. I'm, I'm super shocked. I'm, I'm super shocked yeah. because, because of the fact that they gave Fred Van Fleet the bag, they gave him a huge contract. Yeah. And I thought that he would be their guy going forward and that Kyle Lowry would be the one going out. Mm-hmm. Not Fred Van Fleet going out like that 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 flies in the face of obviously what i expected to happen and og ananobi as well that the sixers if they managed to pull off this deal they managed to steal him as well and he was on the up and up that's oh man that, that's 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 a big time move by the sixers yeah big time move man wow
0: yeah, I'm, I'm really shocked. Um, you know, I thought Ben Simmons had really fallen out of favor with most of the NBA. I thought, uh, you know, his poor performance at the free throw line and how much it impacted Philly's ability to push forward and go for an NBA title. If They finished first in the East and, and he was, you know, the main linchpin, the reason why they didn't do it. And I didn't think a lot of teams would, um, you know, put a lot out there for him. I thought maybe there might be some interest. But, uh, you know, I didn't think that he could garner such a, a big deal. Uh, you know, Fred Van Vliet has been, uh, you know, working his way into, uh, you know, prominence for the Raptors, uh, being Kyle Lowry's understudy, and all of a sudden, you know, has been phenomenal in the past couple of years. This past year, he was just amazing. And, and uh, yeah, it's really shocking that the uh, Raptors would give up on a guy that they've been Grooming and bringing in for this many years. Same with OG, a, a guy that was a late bloomer uh, has suddenly, you know, rose to prominence under uh, Nick Nurse's tutelage. And yeah, and uh, to get Ben Simmons, I, I, I just yeah, I don't see it as being a great move by Ujiri. Usually, the moves he makes, I'm, I'm super impressed by. But um, this, this one really shocked me. Yeah,
1: I, I kind of, oh man, I, I do have, I'm you, I have a lot of question marks about this move because is it actually going to pay the dividends that you expect it to pay off in no. the end? Like, like, is it really going to do that? I would say that Fred Van Fleet was on the cusp of becoming that all-star
0: yeah. a
1: perennial all-star.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: he, he was right there. And like once they, once the Sixers get him, he probably is that all-star now, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and OG Ananobi probably being like that sixth man coming off the bench or, or being a starter. I don't know how he's going to fit into the Sixers' rotation, but, it, like, he's going to be one of the guys either coming immediately off the bench for a starter. So, I – wow, wow, man. I just – yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. That. So, that happened. Uh, there, there's another trade that's pending right here. I, I'm, I'm watching it. Uh, it's coming through the wire right now, but uh, another trade has been finalized. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is going to New Orleans for Eric Bledsoe Steven Adams two first-round picks and they're swapping uh, They're swapping picks in this year's draft. So uh, another huge move Uh, Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams uh, Yeah Didn't work out very well with uh, New Orleans Um, when they did the Drew Holiday deal uh, Bledsoe was uh, expected to really flourish there and he had a really bad year Didn't play well at all didn't seem to fit in with that group and uh, yeah, they gave up on him quick um, Valentunas has been really phenomenal. Uh, he was third overall in rebounds this year, and he's been a great big man, one of the best big men in the game, I think. Uh, so, yeah, he, another big move.
1: Yeah, very big move. That, that's a great move for the Pelicans to bolster their, their front court, that's for sure, by no. having Jonas in there. Um, and as for the Memphis Grizzlies, I would say that obviously the, the, the thing that they get back is like the hard man that he is Stephen Adams in the front court so he he provides you with a sturdy defender on defense for the front court mm-hmm. and, and you know he's, I think he's got a little bit underrated for his offensive touch he's got soft soft touch around the basket so yeah. he can help you in that respect mm-hmm. but um at the same time yeah that's that's a big move to let Jonas go like that to the Pelicans because I thought Jonas and John Morant actually had good synergy on the court between the
0: two of them. So So there's been a huge amount of rumors for the Lakers. Uh, Almost pretty much uh, everybody's been rumored to go there. And the latest one was that uh, DeMar DeRozan has decided to leave San Antonio and uh, go to L.A. So there's been this huge deal. Kyle Lowry was supposedly looking for a $90 million three-year deal, which – I thought probably wouldn't happen, the 35 year old guy. Uh, so supposedly he has decided to join DeMar going to LA. This is the deal. Uh, we've got Lowry, DeRozan, CP3, Lillard, Westbrook, Lonzo Ball, <laughs> and Beal and Dinwiddie going to the Lakers for everybody but LeBron and AD. <laughs> Not bad. That's a pretty good team. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the haul there. Holy cow. Uh, lots of moving parts. I don't know how they can pull this off. Uh, like what? How many teams is that? Uh, yes, yeah, seven team deal. Uh, I don't know. Um, Jesus. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, It's crazy out there. But no, I mean, honestly, I'm joking, of course, but um, everybody that I just said on that list has been rumored to go to the Lakers and they're supposedly offering Kyle Kuzma and KCP uh, and uh, THT and a few other, you know, moving pieces. But um, I don't see many of these guys going unless they want to take severe pay cuts. And they want to have a, a lower role. Um, out of all those names, do you see some of these guys actually ending up uh, as a Laker?
1: Uh, I first off, I don't
0: know if the Lakers
1: have the cap space to get who they actually really want. Yeah. Right. Like I just don't know if they have enough money. The only person that maybe they'd have to trade for them, and they'd have to give up some money. Maybe Spencer Dimwitty, yeah. that might be something that's doable. Right. But otherwise, everybody else just seems way too expensive. Yeah. For them to do it. Like, it really does. So yeah. I don't, I
0: don't. Well, there have been some talk today that Lowry and DeRozan want to reunite. And DeRozan uh, went on um, uh, Shannon Sharp's uh, show, and he said that uh, he wants to return to L.A. uh I shouldn't put words in his mouth, but he said returning to L.A. at some point would be a very attractive thing. He grew up in Compton. Uh, he is more interested in the ring than the money. He said, I've made a ton of money already in my life. Uh, Lowry and him are you know continue to remain uh, best of buddies. And uh, just imagine uh, those two guys joining A.D. and LeBron there. Uh, that would be a really formidable you know, four guys that you put on the court every night. How about this? If, if
1: those two are – if they actually manage to make it happen and if those two join, then LeBron doesn't have to worry about much. Yeah. Like there, there, there would be many nights, whether it be regular season or playoffs, where he knows he doesn't have to carry the load. Yeah. He just knows he wouldn't have to do that. So the only question, like I've said before, is how healthy can AD stay throughout the course of the year? Yeah, yeah. Always the question.
0: Such a big question, yeah. And a lot of people were really bullish on the the Lakers making that move for AD, saying, you know, they gave up all these young stars for a guy that's continually injured. And, uh, you know, they did get a title. But, um, yeah, I I don't know if he'll ever be able to stay healthy enough to – You know get uh, a dynasty going and get a bunch of titles there
1: yeah yeah that's a that's a huge question mark i and i don't know what his off-season commitment is like but i'm guessing it's not like lebron's (laughs) that guy doesn't ever get injured last year was the anomaly
0: literally in
1: 18 years so yeah. yeah
0: yeah Yeah, well, uh, you know, so much rumors, so many things uh, coming down. You, you know, a couple big trades today. I expect more. Uh, NBA draft happens on Thursday. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Starts at 4.30 Pacific Time, 7.30 Eastern. Uh, Detroit gets the first overall pick. And everybody says that Cade Cunningham, the uh, OK State uh, guard, eight, going to Detroit, number one overall. Um I think that's a huge move for them and might uh, you know attract uh, some more people there so they can get back to some relevancy.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that would probably be best for that for them uh for the Pistons to take him because I think he's pretty much number 1 overall but this draft has so many good players. <laughs> yeah. Sure <laughs> so does. So many yeah. good players, so many Like, franchise changing players in this particular draft. It's actually
0: amazing to see. Yeah. Houston's uh, number two overall, rumored to be going after guard Jalen Green. Uh, He's 6'5". He's playing in the G League right now. Uh, Cleveland wants uh, supposedly the forward center Evan Mobley out of USC, seven-footer. Toronto at fourth. Um, Sounds like they've got rid of this pick, but... If not, if this doesn't come to fruition, Jalen Suggs of Gonzaga is supposed to go there. Orlando's going for uh, a guy out of Florida State. Um, Six foot eight forward, Scotty Barnes. Orlando has a ton of picks in this draft. OKC has a ton of picks. If you go down the list, it's unbelievable how many picks are trades that have been made over the past few years. Uh, everybody's just been moving, moving picks and parts to uh, try to assemble winners, and it's insane. Uh, Toronto has a bunch of picks. OKC, I think, has, like, six picks. Um, Yeah, it's crazy, and uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, There's going to be a ton of deals done, draft night, and leading into it. It's always super fun, and great to see uh, these guys finally achieving a lifelong dream and getting picked.
1: Oh, yeah, of course, because, like, this is... This is what the culmination of all their hard work and effort gets them to this point now. And then now once they get into the league, it's like, well, how how good can I actually get? How good can I be? And then that's the challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited to see how how this particular draft year turns out. I'm kind of curious to see if this particular draft year turns out to be like the, I believe I want to say the 96 draft year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the same draft year, I think, as Ray Allen came out, Steve Nash came out, Kobe Bryant came out. Yep. There was like four or five Hall of Famers in that particular draft year. So yeah. maybe this one is like that.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Um, incredible. Uh, you know, yeah, the, there's there's a few drafts that um, a lot of people mention and a lot of people talk about over the years. The 84 draft that had Barkley and Jordan and uh, Olajuwon. Uh, the 96 draft, you're right, um, that was in the New Jersey. Kobe Bryant was passed over by 12 teams, uh, picked 13th overall. Uh, there's a really cool book and a, a great documentary story on how uh, the uh, New Jersey Nets at the time uh, was, were really uh, excited to pick Kobe. John Calipari had just come from college ranks and uh, become coach and player personnel director there. And they, he wanted to pick Kobe and the owners didn't. And a bunch of things happened. Uh, basically, the the uh, his agent said, no, uh, he's going to play in Italy if you guys pick him. He doesn't want to go to New Jersey. Uh, so they decided to get Kerry Kittles instead of Kobe Bryant. And uh, there's a lot of really cool things where you could have saw uh, Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, and Kobe Bryant all on the nets at the same time, which would have been just... Absolutely, shockingly great team.
1: Yeah, that that's just highlight reel all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: All day, every day. That would have been awesome to see.
0: <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of talk that uh, Michael Jordan actually could have become a Houston Rocket. Uh, 84 draft, uh, Jordan wasn't picked till third overall. Hakeem was first, Sam Bowie was second, and Jordan came in third. And then Houston almost had a deal with Chicago for sending Ralph Sampson to Chicago for Jordan. And he would have joined Olajuwon. And he probably would have won more titles than he actually won in Chicago uh, and sooner because he was in Chicago. They had those losing years before he finally was able to assemble the group around him. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of people talk about that 84 draft being one of the craziest. But imagine if that trade would have happened. Well, that I don't think that would have been fair for the, like, the
1: rest of the league. Like <laughs> Wouldn't have been fair. Yeah. came the dream Elijah Wan, and Michael Jordan on the same team. Yeah. Oh, man, it's like, what do you do with that?
0: Nothing. Because yeah. even when they were on the opposite team, they won eight in a row. Three on <laughs> three and three and Houston two in the middle. So, you know, yeah. they would have been absolutely unstoppable, even probably better than Shaq and Kobe.
1: Yeah, that's that's like ten
0: championships. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Nobody else
1: <laughs> has a shot.
0: Yeah. And I uh, I was watching some stuff today, and they were talking about how uh, Steph Curry was passed over by uh, Minnesota. Minnesota had the fifth and sixth picks in the draft, and they picked Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn, and uh, Steph Curry was picked next to Golden State. And, uh, yeah, imagine the difference. In the history of the NBA, if he would have went to Minnesota, who knows if he would have, um, yeah, done what he did? Because Clay Thompson ends up going there, and Draymond, and you know, a lot of things worked out. But imagine him in a T Wolves jersey that whole time. Imagine. uh Oh, I, 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 see yeah, a fro- yeah, like, I see a frozen if, if Jason. T Wolves yeah.
1: at that point in time. I, I, I want I to. I want to think that he would have become the player who he he is, who he became. But at the same time, um, it just would have been very different. Very different.
0: Yeah. And uh, Scottie Pippen was uh, drafted by Charlotte, ended up getting traded an hour later to uh, Chicago, which, uh, you know, that was a pretty shocking move. Imagine if – scotty would have stayed in charlotte and jordan would have had to find somebody else yeah
1: yeah that that would have been ridiculous that that would have that would have that would have been just so so weird and transformative for both those teams right
0: yeah yeah oh man yeah so uh left there's gonna be lots of fun things to talk about as this uh week goes on the the draft is always fun and lots of moving parts for sure um so what uh, we we're we're a little over or a little less than a week out from the championship by the bucks uh we might as well just touch on it uh, a great culmination season by Giannis. an incredible performance by him he just proved that he is the mvp he is a beast and and uh, just willed that team to win four straight wins over the suns after going down 0-2 Uh, Him and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, uh, amazing, formidable duo. I mean, trio, uh, I don't know if they're going to be a dynasty yet, but, um, man, that was a a really phenomenal uh, championship performance by them.
1: Yes. Yes, it was. Like, Giannis was the superstar when they needed him to be that guy. Like, when they couldn't score, the Bucs couldn't score at all, Giannis stepped up and literally carried that team, especially in the second half. Like, his his numbers are legendary. 18-25, 50 points, 14 rebounds, five blocks, and, yes, I can hit my free throws 17 of 19 down the stretch. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. He yeah. did everything, everything. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's your superstar superstar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, the best big man performance we've seen since Shaq. And uh, he just, uh, yeah, he, he took all the criticism, all the early exits, and he just decided to throw the team on his back and just prove that he is so great at it. And I'm glad he finally realized, don't shoot the three, just take it to the hoop. You, you're unstoppable and uh yeah he's uh he's a champ uh uh, an incredible story from you know growing uh, growing up in you know such a tough way he said he had to go and be a street vendor uh he when he came into the league i can't believe the pictures you see when he was drafted he looks like a little kid it's crazy i don't believe that you know i can't believe that he's he's added about 45 pounds of muscle since he's been in the league and and he's just an absolute beast now.
1: Yeah. And and then he grew. He was a late bloomer. Then he became a seven footer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't even look like the same human being anymore. No. He really doesn't. No. I, no. Like, when he came into the league and to what he looks like now, what he's developed and made his body into. Yeah. And another thing I want to say is if you put in the work into your body, you work as hard as Giannis did. Let's be honest here him even playing in the finals is freaking a miracle because of the injury he suffered beforehand. But i say that he healed up and was able to go because of the work he put in to his body for all of those years, the culmination of all those years. Now, I'm not saying that AD doesn't work hard on his body, but I don't think he does what Giannis does. No, you're right. Maybe he wouldn't have all these injuries all the time.
0: I agree, yeah. I fully agree, and, uh, yeah, it's – It's incredible and it's great to see because, you know, most uh, times to be successful in life you got to put in hard work and he really has. There's no doubt about it. He has just transformed into a different human being and he took that opportunity and ran with it. And a lot of young people, I hope they can look at him as an example and say, hey, somebody's giving me a chance. They're drafting me. All these guys, you know, there'll be 60 new guys. Going into the NBA coming up this Thursday, if all those guys can work as hard as Giannis, uh, you know, the sky's the limit.
1: Of course, the sky's the limit. But, like, even with great talent, you still got to put in a, an extraordinary amount of work. Awesome. Because that's what Gordon did, and yep. then look at what he became, right? Like, And he had all the God-given talent in the world. So it doesn't matter if you have the God-given talent. It matters what you do with it, the hard work that you do to supplement that God-given talent.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was sure great to see uh, how much support Milwaukee had. Uh, Sixty-five thousand fans outside. Uh, you know, maybe twenty thousand fans inside. Uh, that w- that's something like a quarter of the population of the whole entire area. Uh, and just incredible to see uh, that that uh, franchise just rising up and being able to you know have a championship. Fifty-year drought uh, is over, and and uh, yeah, there'll be a force to be reckoned with. It's Really hard to handicap next year because there'll be a lot of players changing teams, and and you know we'll we'll see how things shake out. Uh, Brooklyn had a phenomenal year. Uh, I'd be really surprised if CP three uh, leaves Phoenix, but there's rumors that he's looking around and uh, seeing what else is out there. Yeah,
1: it would be it would be a shame, but I know that he's looking for a certain like dollar amount from the team and a certain amount of years for a commitment. And he's kind of put into a weird situation because he's also uh, uh, the, the president of the, the Players Association, right? Yeah, so yeah. he can't actually take – he can't give, like, teams a deal. He can't do that. Right. He, has to, right. he has to be front and center with the fact that, no, you're going to pay me what I'm worth yeah. because it's also what I represent to the players as well. So he, there's no him taking a deal. It's him maximizing exactly how much he's worth.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that said he wasn't worth the contract that he has uh, prior to this past season. Everyone was saying that it's brutal, it's a horrible deal. I can't believe that Phoenix would spend, a, you know, that kind of money on a 35 year old guy, and and he stuck to his guns, and you know, ended up really being the catalyst that drove them to the final. So, um, good on him. Um, yeah, he is put in a weird spot being that president of the. Players Association, and yeah, he can not take a team-friendly deal because uh, that'll send shockwaves through the league and uh, it'll mess up a lot of other guys too. So you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's got to be
1: pretty hard on that. Um, I think, though, I'd like to think that the Suns still get something done because of what he meant to the team and also to, to see the actual jump from what uh, from 2020, 2020. Like, it's a huge jump. Yeah. Awesome jump, man! Yeah. And then it's all because of literally one dude. So you would have to think to yourself: Yes, I know he's getting older, but that team that he he brings to the table doesn't age. No, like it just keeps going on like fine wine, man. Like that's the game. It's not yeah. predicated on athleticism.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, exactly. He. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, you know, they they dismiss guys like that and, you know, at their own peril. Uh, everybody s- dismissed Steph Curry, you know, said he wasn't athletic enough, he's too short, everything, and, you know, became the greatest shooter in NBA history. So uh, you don't judge a book by its cover every time, that's for damn sure. Uh, um, okay, so uh, the NBA season ended. They had a great parade in Milwaukee. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the champagne was flowing. And then suddenly, boom, uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Devin Booker are on a 10-hour flight together uh, over to Tokyo so they can join the Olympic team. Uh, how frosty of a reception would it have been for Booker uh, on that flight? Uh, do you think he would have been chatting them up very much or he would have been just keeping to himself?
1: Yeah. You know, I I think after it's all died down, like he's probably like, Yeah, 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 congratulations, Uh, you know, (laughs) because now they're teammates. Now now it's like, you know, we have to live together and get along and all that sort of stuff. You know, at the end of the day, they're pros, but obviously, they're still kind of like, you know, a little hard. It's like, you know, mm. there's probably like, probably focus making some comments like, you know, that one time when you were guarding me, you know, that was foul, right?
0: Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bringing up a lot of the stuff through that series. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it must have been, it must have been tough, but hopefully they can, you know, put the water under the bridge and, uh, yeah, become teammates quick. Uh, there was a bit of shockwaves through the basketball world as the... US team did get beat by France, opening game of the tournament. Uh, they haven't looked good. They didn't look good in that exhibition, uh, little tournament. They are actually three and five in their last eight exhibition or eight international games. And uh, France was the better team by far. Uh, watch this game, and US has incredible talent, but uh, they don't play as a team as much as France does. Uh, France was great and uh, they they beat them uh, most people in the US uh, aren't used to this they broke a 25 game winning streak in the Olympics in that game the last loss came in 2004 so uh, I called you in the morning to tell you oh man I watched the game and uh, try to keep keep your eye out for some highlights did you get to see some?
1: Yes I did yes I did and Okay, so this is what I kind of saw from the highlights. It it, it just seemed to me that the U.S. took the floor and was like, okay, well, we started playing, so we should win. Yeah. It it seemed like there was, I don't know, it felt like almost like there was an assumption from the team, even Mm -hmm. as we were playing, that we should win this game. Yeah. And unfortunately, the rest of the world is good enough that there's no more assumptions anymore. You're going to actually have to play us to beat us. Yeah. And, they all, and, and that, yeah. and that's what it seemed to me to be very obvious in this game.
0: You're going to gonna have to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, a lo, uh, Greg Popovich has taken a lot of abuse. A lot of these players are taking uh, heat for it. Uh, KD only scored 10 points in the game. Damian Lillard only had 11. Uh, Popovich was criticized for his matchups, they said you can't run a team like this the same as you do the Spurs and he hasn't looked great. Uh, He's been part of the, he's been the coach since 2017 and they haven't uh, had much success, but um, I just think that they needed more time together. uh, To be honest, Uh, we talked about Canada when they were trying to qualify, Uh, they never had any chance to um, try to pull together as a team and get an opportunity and, uh, yeah, I, you know, these other nations have been able to play together quite a bit, get some experience uh, knowing <laughs> the tendencies, and uh, it, it showed really badly, And I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Like, the, the, the U.S. doesn't have any familiarity with, like, any of their other players. Like, mm-hmm. some guys have played with each other because they're on the same team, but otherwise, they're just like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. What what, what do you do good? Oh, no, you're Katie, You do everything good. So, it, it's almost like, <laughs> they're trying to figure it out yeah. as they're playing in these games and also trying to figure out this new this offense that Pop likes to run which is the Spurs offense that apparently there's a lot of rumblings a lot of players don't like the offense
0: sure yeah
1: they're not fans of the offense at yeah. all so with now that you have players upset about what they're running and and the and the fact that there's no familiarity between any of the players it is it's going to cause a lot of friction which we're seeing now so, sure, yeah. Cool.
0: Uh, yeah, Evan Fournier was phenomenal. He had 28 points. Uh, yeah, they've got a lot of NBA players on that France team, and I think they're the team to beat in the tournament. I think, uh, yeah, they, they'll probably be there at the end. Um, yeah, I just I didn't see much of anybody playing very well. Drew Holliday uh, ended up being the guy in the end, but uh, he was... Uh, Dealing with some jet lag. He was dealing with some, you know, hangovers probably uh, coming straight from the partying they've been doing. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. They were outscored 16 to 2 in the last 3 minutes and 40 seconds. They were 0 for 9 from the field and 0 for 6 from 3. They actually had three opportunities uh, for the three point shots in that last minute, and uh, all three missed and uh lots of fouls uh they tried to slow the game down but um france hit all the fouls and uh yeah has a victory uh us play iran on wednesday that's late tuesday night early wednesday morning should beat them uh but then they've got the czech republic who've um yeah improved a ton and they play really together as a team uh they'll give them a test for sure and then the medal round starts um the following week so uh, yeah, it's, um, I'm not sure how it's going to turn out, but I, I really don't think the U S is going to pull it off this year. I think somebody else is going to win the gold. And, uh, I think they're going to have to settle for silver or bronze.
1: Yeah. It seems like it's one of those, those Olympic years where yeah. they're just, they're just, there's just too much dysfunction and they're not really playing together. It seems like anyways. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if they have it within them because like. Even when you look at like their the field goal percentage for the US at the end of this game was thirty six percent. Yeah. That's atrocious. That, pretty, that, bad. Yeah. pretty
0: bad. Yeah. No, their yeah, their shooting was was horrible. They they went up early. Uh they still had a lead at halftime. And then uh yeah, France was able to get their guys in there and, and play great down the stretch. Amazing. I I was super impressed with Gobert. Uh he he struggled a little bit in the NBA playoffs, but um, he was a force in the middle. Batum was great. Fournier was great. Uh, France was a yeah a force to be reckoned with. And um, yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I, I see all kinds of trouble for that American team. But um, yeah, they're they're sure worried about it uh, on all the news stations, all the sports stations. They're oh my god, the the sky is falling. And uh, I think a lot of NBA players will uh, second guess even going next time if they don't win this medal. If they don't win a medal at all, for sure. But uh, uh, if they don't win this gold, I think a lot of guys will worry about the criticism, the, uh, the 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 abuse they'll take for not being able to just wipe everybody out and win the gold.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of guys will be like, Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not really. I'm not really into taking on all of that, yeah. especially if we lose a single game. So I <laughs> yeah. think I'm good. And they just won't go anymore. Yeah. And before you know it, like it's like, yeah, maybe I, I don't want to say it like that. I don't want to say that there'll be no NBA players, but maybe you'll see less superstars going to the Olympics.
0: I I have a feeling that's probably gonna what's gonna probably happen. So yeah, well, it'll be interesting going forward this week. Uh, okay, speaking of Olympics, uh, Canada's women's team is in the basketball uh, tournament, and uh, they played Serbia to start. Uh, they had a really great spirited match, it went back and forth, uh, but they ended up losing 72-68 to Serbia. Um, Nera Fields was the top game-high score with 19 points. Kia Nurse had 16 for Canada. Uh, they, they were great, but um, uh, Serbia was uh, 8 for 17 from three-point land. They hit three consecutive threes late uh, to pull away and, and get the victory. Uh, tough result for Canada, who's number four ranked in the world. But um, yeah, they also uh, I think uh, had the same type of difficulties getting enough playing time together before this tournament. Uh, hopefully, they can uh, yeah get a lot of a lot more in before their next uh, matchup. Yeah, hopefully they can get some more practice in,
1: and uh, they can bounce back from this setback and uh, still stay uh, somewhat in contention for medal. Uh,
0: going for, yeah. Okay, so yeah, uh, Olympics has been has been fun. Have you been watching very much? Have you been able to see uh, some of the competition? I,
1: I've just unfortunately I've just been able to see some of the highlights for the basketball, um, and that and that's literally about it.
0: That, okay. That is, yeah. Well, I'll uh, I'll do a little bit of a rundown. Uh, Japan, the host nation, is on top. Uh, they've got eight gold medals and uh, 13 in all, eight gold, two silver and three bronze. Uh, great to see a host nation uh, be right up there. I'm glad they're on top right now. That's uh, A lot of people were angry in Japan that uh, they accepted the Olympics. Uh, they're not accepting many fans, if at all, in most of these venues. and uh, It's got to be super costly. Um, but, uh, yeah, they said they're, they're marching forward one year too late. And, um, but I'm, I'm happy for the host nation when they do really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Cause like literally because of the pandemic, they're sacrificing quite a bit. They're, they're losing money hand over fist on this. So yes, I, it's good that the host nation is doing well, even though there's literally no fans. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right now, the uh, U.S. sits in second place. They got seven gold, three silver, and five bronze, 15 medals. Uh, China's in third. They have more overall total medals. Uh, with was 18, but they only have six gold, uh, five silver, and seven bronze. Uh, those cheaters from that huge, huge country over there, uh, don't even want to mention them. They... Uh, uh yeah they don't deserve uh to be talked about i don't even know why they're s- calling them the uh olympic committee team uh you know what, what is that harming them no it's not really harming them not being able to just have one single name on their jersey instead of the roc like oh wow what a penalty that is like come on these this is a cheating nation they shouldn't even be there they should abandon them completely 100 percent And uh, made them, uh, yeah, make amends to uh, make sure that this cheating stops. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not mentioning them on this podcast. Forget those cheating guys, okay?
1: Okay, okay. They are (laughs) forgotten, and yes, yes, that country is gone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's wipe it off the map for now. Off the map, okay. Uh, Canada sitting in eleventh place. We've got four medals: uh, one gold, two silver, and one bronze uh two medals in the pool uh well three medals in the pool two in racing one in diving and then we got a uh silver medal no uh, sorry a bronze medal in judo today so that was uh pretty great um yeah it's fun to fun to watch the swimmers uh penny alexiak was the darling of the pool uh last olympics and uh she inspired a lot of really good canadians uh all these uh, women came out uh our gold medal is a girl named maggie mcneil said she was inspired by alexiak and she won uh, we had a girl um summer hilton i think her last name is and uh, she finished in fourth place yesterday 14 years old and uh just had an amazing swim almost was on the podium uh it's been fun to watch uh we're really good in the pool our 4x100 meter freestyle team The men had an amazing performance as well, and they finished fourth just off the podium. But uh, yeah, the the Olympic Games are full swing four four days in, and uh, yeah, it's been super fun to watch. Today they had a storm. Uh, It was uh, raining really crazy, so they postponed uh, some events and uh, pushed back some others. Um, But uh, it looked like it got better as the, the day wore on uh that uh, synchronized diving silver by jennifer abel and melissa citrini billio was uh fun to watch man those girls were amazing it's pretty cool to do the synchro diving having to jump off a springboard and and be perfectly in sync as you're going into the pool uh that's a that's a cool cool competition
1: yes yes it is a very cool competition especially when they they do that synchronized diving and stuff like that. Like it, it it's amazing. Yeah. That how they manage to do that at the same time? Like I don't know if they count one, two, three, go. Like yeah, I, I, don't know how they do. it. Yeah. a Skill that I do not have. I think you know what would be really cool though. You had like like twins do it. The twins. Yeah. Like actual twins. It has so been done like, by like, twins. Oh.
0: Yeah. It has been done by twins. So um, yeah, you'll have to watch uh i have a cousin who was a um world-class diver and i appreciate the sport a ton uh we used to go to the pool as kids and he was always just an amazing amazing diver he ended up uh going to penn state university getting a full scholarship uh was uh yeah one of the the best uh divers in the country back in his day and uh, so yeah i've always really liked that uh the olympics um has been super amazing to watch uh, japan Uh, I didn't realize this in Japan, but you can scour the country everywhere and you will not find garbage anywhere. They have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people immediately just cleaning all the time, picking up garbage, making sure that it's spotless everywhere. It is just the cleanest country on the face of the earth and uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. I'm surprised that they had such a... A bad time with COVID because they are such a clean nation and uh, very clean people. uh You know they're always scouring everything. Soon as soon as the train pulls in, people leave. They whoo, 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 they clean every seat, every single pole, every area. Always have and always will. Supposedly, it's a pretty neat, neat neat spot.
1: Yeah, that it. That's that's actually amazing. That's actually amazing to go to a country and be like, wow. It is super clean here, even outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's awesome.
0: It's awesome. There's uh 42 empty venues here. Uh, 11,000 athletes. Uh, two, uh, no, 339 gold medals up for grabs. Uh, there are a lot of really great uh, athletes that range from the age 12 to 58. There's a 12 year old. Uh, that's competing in table tennis and a 58-year-old competing in table tennis as well. Uh, The 58-year-old, I think, is in her eighth Olympics or something crazy. And uh, I watched yesterday, I watched skateboarding, and two 13-year-olds won the gold and the silver, and a 16-year-old won the bronze. It was pretty awesome. (laughs) That's actually pretty cool.
1: I'm just going to... Be honest, I had no idea that skateboarding made the Olympics. I don't know when that happened, but that is pretty awesome. That teenagers are dominating the podium for that particular sport.
0: I loved it. I loved it. There was 34-year-olds in the competition, and they finished far back. I was so excited to see these young kids do it. Uh, this year, there are five new sports. Skateboarding is one. Uh, sport climbing. They have sport climbing now indoors. Uh, that's pretty neat. Uh, karate surfing, and three-on-three basketball, which I really have been enjoying. Uh, super fun to watch. S- uh, really, really high pace, and uh, it's cool. Uh, I'm glad they put it in there.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, uh, th- my next question is, what players are playing? on? they just have, like, college players? They definitely don't have pro to play three-on-three, right?
0: There's, uh, there's professional women uh, oh, playing in the good. women's side. Yeah, there's girls okay. from the WNBA that are in there.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, then, then that's that's cool
0: because yeah. I
1: have always loved three on three basketball. I remember doing that growing up and playing. Me a too. So, yeah, it's a blast. I,
0: I, I uh, yeah, me too. I played tons of that and I I loved it a lot. And it's really neat that they included it. Uh, since 1980, they've added a hundred events to the Olympics. This year there was five new ones, and there's always rumors that there's going to be some new ones. Uh, I heard ballroom dancing's coming up next. Uh, I heard some uh, really bizarre ones. Um, I was really shocked when we won gold medal in trampoline. Uh, that, uh, that was like, we're number one, we're trampoline. But yeah, there's a, a lot of more obscure sports. Uh, I've yet to watch The Climbing. I don't know if it's been on yet, but um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, what do you think when they keep adding these new sports?
1: Well, I, I think it's cool. I, I, I think it's like it's an evolution you know, like where these things that more and more people are into well, we might as well have them in the Olympics to see who's the best at it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's a very cool thing to have. To yeah.
0: See. No, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad for those people that are getting the opportunity to showcase their sport and uh, yeah, put it on the world stage. This is great. Uh, okay. I want to talk about the UFC, but two notes I want to say about the NFL. Uh, supposedly Aaron Rodgers has put together a deal to stay with the Packers. Uh, They um, have decided to eliminate the last year of his contract that he already has, signing a deal for one year and he's going to leave at the end of this year. Uh, They've put together that. Uh, Supposedly they've given him more say on personnel decisions. So they're going to uh, reach an agreement again next year if he's happy with how things have been handled because he hasn't been happy in the last couple of years. So uh, now they can go after Devontae Adams, get him signed, and uh, I guess good for Packer Nation.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I think that's the one thing that's been uh, the, the tipping point. For Aaron Rodgers for years, which is yeah. the fact that they never listened to him, and yeah. that he would had enough, and so finally, I guess he forced their hand by saying, "Well, I guess either you listen to me, or I sit out, or I retire. Your choice." Yeah, I don't know. I I was the MVP of the league, so I guess I you know, maybe you don't need me. Maybe <laughs> uh, you're better off without me.
0: Yeah, he no. had some pull this year, that's for sure, and and I'm glad he used his hand because yeah, I mean he deserved it. I think he's put in 16 years there, been one of the best players in the league, and they just keep sort of disrespecting him. You know, they they just don't seem to, they, they should, you know, talk to your franchise guy a lot more, I think. And to not do so is a bit of a slap in the face. And and yeah, so he played his hand and looks like uh, it's worked out for him. Well, you know what?
1: There, there's another quarterback that I, I wish was in the league, but he is, uh, that where when he talked, His coach, Belichick, listen. Oh, man, he won a lot of Super Bowls by doing that. (laughs) Maybe those coaches should be like, maybe Belichick was onto something.
0: Maybe we should
1: listen to him. Maybe we should actually take into consideration what he has to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer, but took a while, but finally they've done it. Um, Okay, another quarterback is in the news uh training camp starts tomorrow for houston texans and deshaun watson is reporting he doesn't want to get fined 50k a day like they said they can uh but he still says he wants to trade uh, against wants to be traded out of there they have finally said okay we will look for trading partners and we'll try to make a deal um what do you think about this uh do you think um uh, it's finally going to happen. Do you think they're going to be able to pull off a trade?
1: Uh, I think they'll be able to pull off a trade. I just don't necessarily know if Deshaun Watson will be happy with said trade when it's pulled off. Okay. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay. I think it, I think it will go through at some point, but let's be honest. Once they got rid of that, that, that guy uh, uh, that went to the Arizona Cardinals, uh, help me out here. Who, who is that again? who was like one of the best oh shooters. yeah yeah
0: you're talking about DeAndre um
1: yeah, yeah yeah like like once they let deandre hopkins go, yeah deandre hopkins like yeah. once they actually let him go that's when everything just went swirling down into the toilet you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? like it's just yeah. like oh wait, wait i needed that guy <laughs> to you know win yeah. just literally to win and you gave away for like like a a pussy roll or something like that. I don't know what he <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: did. But you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't yeah. have done that. Yeah. And that's, that was the beginning of the end. That's where they really screwed up. And that's why the guys now, come on out.
0: I'm out yeah. of here. Uh, 22 civil lawsuits have been filed against uh, Deshaun. And 10 women have oh, approached yeah. the police for uh, looking into criminal charges because um, for some reason he is inappropriate with masseuse, the masseuse community in Houston. And um, I don't, if I'm an organization, why would I want to touch a guy that has 22 lawsuits against him right now and 10 women that want him criminally charged? Uh, Eventually the pressure's probably gonna get on where Houston police are going to have to charge him criminally too um i don't see anyone really wanting to touch him with all this hanging over his head
1: yeah i forgot about that part i totally did so yeah yeah like usually what the league does when especially when it has like some sort of criminal accusations against women by their players usually doesn't go well for the player no at all no at all. so so how about this they're gonna try to deal him. Now the question is, what organization says, oh, sweet, he only has 22? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he doesn't have 23. I think we might.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, a lot of teams have done some crazy things over the years and, and brought guys in, the, you know, with some pretty checkered pass, but this is hanging over his head right now, and it just come to light fairly recently, and – you know, it's got to get settled. I don't see it just getting swept under the rug, a hundred percent, going away with money. Uh, maybe this, you know, the civil ones, but uh, if they're starting to look into criminal charges, um, yeah, I think he's, I think he's damaged goods to the point where I wouldn't want to touch him if I, I was part of a team. I, I ran any kind of organization.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it, it just doesn't it wouldn't make sense for your organization or for your PR or for your marketing. Like you can't market a guy that has all these lawsuits and criminal charges all from women, all of them. Not good. Scary.
0: Yeah. Scary. Yeah. I think um, uh, his agent should hire a full-time masseuse, pay her 150 G's a year, and that's it. Done deal. You're his masseuse. He needs a massage a few times a day, every day, and no more troubles, no more of this kind of crap because holy cow, I cannot believe that this has has occurred in a guy's life that seems to have the world by the tail. He's, you know, one of the most talented guys in the world, being able to throw and run, and, you know, just to throw it away for... All this massage stuff—it's insane! It's insane.
1: It, it's absolutely insane. I—I I, I actually think he should even go a little bit in a different direction. Just abstain from women. Period. <laughs> okay. Just like you know. All right. Saying, yeah. Yeah. Monastery monkish.
0: And that's it. <laughs> good luck. <You're> yeah. good. <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Okay. Yeah. I'll send yeah. him your suggestion. See what he says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so fight night. Uh, I'm calling it the comeback card of the year. Uh, Tons of fights were uh, really known for a comeback. Uh, The first main event was a comeback for TJ Dillashaw. uh, Disgraced by getting found out that he'd taken steroids after uh, his loss to St. Henry Cejudo two and a half years ago. He came back. Uh, you and I both thought that Corey Sanhagen uh, probably was going to wipe him out the door in this one because uh, Dillashaw would have that rust and just not be able to handle it. But uh, Dillashaw was the better fighter. I think he deserved the uh, decision, in my opinion. What about you?
1: It was super close. Yeah. It, was, it was It was one heck of a fight. Yeah. Um, I thought Sanhagen did great on his counters catching Dillashaw coming in, like by basically baiting him to come in yeah. and, and tagging him. But Dillashaw was super aggressive. I thought the entire fight, he kept yeah. pushing forward. Push forward Even man. when in that first uh, first round where I think he popped his knee because uh, Sam right. Hagan had control of that knee for a better part of that round. yeah, And he felt something go in it. Even with that being said, Dillashaw kept getting – um, his back his uh, standing back position and pushing him up against the cage that kept being a uh, prominent controlling position throughout the entirety of that fight. And especially in rounds four and five, which I think that's what literally won him the fight yeah. because there was really no control where a fighter was decisively in control of that fight for periods of time. True. And it went yeah. back and forth yeah. a lot. And yep. it, was, it, was, it was super close, but yes, I I believe, like you, Dillashaw did win that fight. Yeah, but it
0: yeah. was close. Man. Super close fight. Yeah, super close fight. Uh, very entertaining fight. Um, but I think with Dillashaw pressing the action going forward the whole time, I think it put Hagen on his back foot too often. I think it uh, made the judges see that, hey, he's taking it to him. Uh, Hagen did a great job countering and... And, and, you know, great movement. But uh, I think it was definitely three rounds to two, uh, those last two rounds to Dillashaw, and he was able to come back and, and have a really great performance. Uh, where do you see him going next? Uh, do you think uh, he's, he needs to be, he deserves to be right into the title picture? Like they said, the, the winner of this was gonna have a, a shot at the next, uh, at the champion once um, that fight happens.
1: Okay because the champion right now is Aljamain Sterling, right? Right. And it's Aljo so and then I they, think Aljo and Lillian are still going to have a rematch.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the winner yeah. of that fight they're okay, talking so, about. Okay.
1: So with that being said I do not think I I don't know if the other star could get like a like an immediate rematch right away. I I don't I don't know if he should get that. Right, I, I think Maybe he gets somebody else in the top five before he gets said matched up against the champion against good. whoever wins that fight between Aljamain Sterling and Peter. Yu. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah, I I agree. I I don't. I, I think Sanhagen, if he won, he deserved it. But uh, with yes. Dillashaw, yeah, with Dillashaw and his pat, you know, checkered past and and you know being out this long, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think the UFC should give it to him, but. We'll see what happens with Peter Jan and Aljamain, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. But uh, yeah, I I don't know why, but uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of guys get caught for steroids. I've you know seen a lot in my lifetime being a, a analyst on sports, a reporter, and a fan. And uh, this one really bothered me. Uh, uh, T.J. Dillashaw doing this. Uh, for some reason, it, it affected me a lot more than a lot of other guys. And I, I kind of, you know, do consider him a bit of a cheat. Uh, one of the guys that I was watching the fights with wanted uh, Bruce Buffer to say, TJ, the snake in the grass, Dillashaw. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I don't know why. Uh, are you Were you affected by hearing uh, about his cheating more than others?
1: I I, I was. And I don't know if it's because of his perceived arrogance that mm-hmm. he has. Okay. Like, like you know, how he carries himself. Maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the fact that, you know, if he hadn't have gotten caught, maybe he just still would be doing the same thing, which I kind of believe he would be doing yeah. if he hadn't have been caught. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I, at least I know this. He's definitely clean now because, you know, if he does it again, like, but they'll probably, they'll probably hit him for like five years. And then yeah. that would be his career.
0: So That'd be it. Done. Definitely, yeah. Definitely yeah. Can't be anymore. yeah. Yeah. He better be clean now or else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, uh, it was a great main event. I actually really enjoyed the fight a lot and, uh, yeah, good for TJ coming back and doing that. I was really quite surprised, but, uh, yeah, he, he he's always been a talented fighter. I just wish he would have done it clean. Co-main event, uh, fight of the night. Both got 50K bonuses. Um, Kyler, the Matrix Phillips was phenomenal in that first round. Uh, just really crisp with his shots. Had had uh, Haulian Paiva in tons of trouble. Just uh, really looked phenomenal. And then Paiva ended up winning those next two rounds and, and taking the decision. Uh, did you enjoy this fight as much as I did? I loved it. Yeah.
1: I loved it because it looked like uh, Phillips. If he had, let's say, one more minute in that first round, of five, you know what? Maybe thirty seconds. Yeah, Piva loses. Yeah. He gets taken out in that first round, and then for him to kind of wobble back to the fence and then not even take the stool right after the first round. He, I don't think he even sat on the stool. He no. was still on the ground, yeah. and I'm like, still walk, he still <laughs> lost. There's no way. In my mind, I was like, there's no way he survives the second round. He's done. Yeah. And then he, he pulled it off. He went Arturo Gotti. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and found it within himself and then took, uh, put on one hell of a performance for the second and third round. He came roaring back.
0: He didn't yeah. see
1: that coming whatsoever.
0: No, I couldn't believe his cardio was still amazing. He just landed tons of bombs in that second and third round. And he just um, was, yeah, just able to rejuvenate himself. He's sitting on the ground that whole entire time between the first and second round. And he he was in serious trouble. And I was really amazed. That was a, that was a comeback that I definitely wouldn't have bet on. They had a lot of funny exchanges about the betting odds through that night. uh, And they were, you know, suddenly the betting odds were skewed for the Matrix. And uh, all of a sudden, yeah, I sure wish I would have put some money on Paiva to come back and pull off that win because almost nobody would have ever put money on that one. No, no,
1: because that would be crazy. Like, Like, if you saw that first round, there is no way that you think that dude is coming back to win that fight. None.
0: None. No. None. Not at all. Not at all. That was awesome. Yeah, I really recommend uh, I recommend people, viewers, listeners uh, try to find that fight. Kyler Phillips against Howland Paiva. Amazing, amazing, amazing performance and and that was really great. I was I enjoyed it a ton and it was fight of the night like I said off the top. Another huge comeback uh, in the featherweight fight, right before that one, uh, by Darren Elkins. Uh, Derek Minner had Elkins in tons of trouble. Uh, That guy, he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Uh, I've seen him fight in Vancouver twice. He fought here for the UFC once against a Japanese fighter. He actually fought here for Bowdog once against another Japanese fighter. I've always really liked him. He's just tough as nails. He's probably, he holds the record for the most bleeding in uh, in the UFC history, uh, but he always takes damage and then he always gives it back and pulls out the victory. Uh, another amazing performance that's uh, going to be added on to the legend of Darren Elkins. It's almost as if
1: when you fight this guy, you just, you get tired after beating him up. Like, you're just like, I I I can't do it anymore i can't do it like i like with minner he was so focused on trying to be the first to submit him that darren elkins is like he fell right into my plan boom (laughs) yeah look at that right (laughs) yeah he's trying all these different submissions and darren's just like no very (laughs) close but no 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 and then all of a sudden it's like now minner's like i'm exhausted he's not tired (laughs) <laughs>
0: okay, let's get a <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah. I know, you're right. Totally cow, yeah. It must have been super disheartening for him. Uh and he ended up in that crucifix position. Uh 125 ground strikes he he pounded down on him. I'm amazed that uh the fight didn't end sooner because it was just damage just com- co- coming on. Um he's got he's got a bunch of Uh, records in the featherweight division he has four featherweight records most control time over uh, almost two hours most uh, top position an hour and a half most takedowns 50 most submission attempts 25 and most bloodshed uh, numerous pints I don't think they have a be a figure on that but uh, yeah just crazy that he's been in in there for so long he, uh, he has a high school wrestling record of 191-9. and nine. So out of 200 wrestling fights in high school, he won 191 of them. So you do not want to mess with this guy on the ground. Uh, he takes a lot of abuse on the feet, but once the fight goes to the ground, uh, he's going to win. He's, he's taking you out. Yeah, like you, once you go to the ground, you enter his world, his realm. And
1: even with Minner, who's incredibly gifted on the ground. Yeah. Let's make no mistake, that guy is incredibly gifted. Yeah. But guillotine chokes, he slipped out of. Arm bars, he thought he had him, slipped out of. Kimura attempts, all of those things, Minner could not lock up any of them. No. Elkins just weathered the storm and just was basically like, okay, well eventually, I'm going to get you and then it's gonna be over. And that's exactly what happened. Crucifix no. position, 130 strikes to the dome later,
0: game over yeah your yeah, referee Mark Smith had to come in and, and stop it um, he's got the second most wins in UFC featherweight history 15 uh, just behind Max Holloway with 17 and as I said yeah uh, I've, I've liked him for a really long time uh, he when he fought here in Bulldog, I got an opportunity to chat with him uh, I ended up seeing him in the bar and we chatted a little bit and and uh, yeah I've always respected him he's He's one ugly guy, but uh, he doesn't care. He he just he just loves what he does for a living, and he's so good at it. And he's continuing on his career. He had a he had a short blip in his career where he lost about I think he lost four in a row there, but uh, he's back, and uh, it's great to see a veteran like him continuing to display an incredible ability to fight really well, and and uh, I loved seeing him on this card. Yeah,
1: I I I, I do always enjoy. Watching him because you know what's going to happen, which is that other dude's just going to tire himself out by trying to beat this guy up, and yeah. then I'll going to turn around and beat him up and win. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've talked about three fights already. There was three comebacks on those first three fights. Fourth fight, uh, women's flyweight fight, another comeback. Uh, Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber, two of the youngest girls on the roster. Uh, Maverick was the better fighter for sure in that first round. And then Macy Barber uh, won the second second two rounds. According to the judges, I think I might have still given it to Maverick, but uh, Macy Barber ended up pulling out this uh, in a comeback win. Uh, what did you think of the decision and the fight as a whole? I thought the fight was super close. Yeah,
1: I was like yourself. I kind of thought Maverick had done enough to win. But I guess, they, I guess the judges obviously saw it differently. They thought that Barber's uh, aggression and the fact that she was beginning to push the pace more, especially in the third round.
0: Third she round, she was phenomenal, round. yeah. She definitely won the third round, hands down, I'd say.
1: The question mark was the second round, right? Yeah, and right. the second round, I thought Barber was beginning to push the pace nearing the end, yeah. like, like somewhere where like three-minute mark getting closer to the end of the second round right, right? but it's it, it a very hard fight to to obviously to score but you know you got to give it to barber she managed to turn it on when she needed to just enough for the judges to score in her favor yep. but uh, it, it, if that's what the UFC has for like their elite of their young talented fighters in that division for the young women uh the future looks bright yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It's amazing how young they are. They're both uh, 23 years old. Uh, oh, actually, Macy's 23 and Miranda's 24. But uh, two of the top six youngest fighters in the UFC women's women's division. And um, yeah, they're both really intellig- incredibly skilled. And uh, yeah, very, very tough girls. And uh, I, I really enjoy seeing young girls like that. Uh, yeah, fight so well. And uh, she ended up calling out Jessica I, uh, who's number eight on the uh, in the rankings and uh, she was number 14 coming in. Uh, it might be a stretch, but um, yeah, at least she she made a call out to someone uh, ahead of her and uh, I would love to see that fight.
1: I think that would that's a great call out. I, I don't think I think it's somebody that she can deal with. It's not somebody too far up the food chain for her. Yeah. I think it was a proper call out yeah. uh, for somebody of her abilities at this point in time. So it's good, good call. Out.
0: Yeah, and Uriah Faber was uh, in her corner. Uh, he, you know, he had a lot of great things to say about her after the fight, and uh, he's uh, very high on her abilities. Uh, she called out uh, that she, her biggest um, thing that she's uh, concerned about right now is human trafficking. She had a, uh, a website that uh, she wanted people to go to, uh, Macy Barber, uh, Human Trafficking. She uh, said it's a, a massive problem in the world. And uh, yeah, hopefully she can get a lot of support for, for the cause and, and uh, help out. And uh, yeah, great to see these young girls. Both of them uh, have bright futures for sure. Uh, this was a fun fight and I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, another 50K bonus went to Adrian Yana's. Uh, He came back and beat Randy Costa after Costa was uh, able to light him up incredibly well in that first round. Incredible job that he just kept peppering him and uh, Costa was just uh, incredibly accurate. I didn't see the exact numbers of how many uh, punches he threw and how many landed but it had to be in the 80s or 90 percent but Yanis came back and and took the the win, uh, got the knockout uh, it's incredible that every single fight on this card was a comeback.
1: Yes, yes. It was an incredible fight because Costa was touching up Yanez like no tomorrow. His jab was so laser focused on that man's face. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so, and so in the second round, you're thinking, okay, so it's just going to be more of the same. But what Yanez managed to figure out is how to neutralize Costa's jab. He started throwing his jab with Costa's jab and managing to get his head off the center line. So all of a sudden, that alone managed to change the momentum of the fight. And then he started to really piece him up. Because Costa, all of a sudden, his tank was running empty. Yeah. at the same time. And Yanez was not running empty at all, even with all those strikes he took to the dome just didn't matter for him yeah. eventually got him up against the cage through that two uh two punch combination three punch combination two two body shots and then the uppercut that felled him and then it was game over Game yeah. over man it was a great win by yannis because that was a difficult fight a hugely difficult fight that he managed to find a way to win
0: yeah that was that was really incredible because uh yeah costa just couldn't couldn't throw a punch; that wouldn't land in that first round. Busted him up with incredible amount of, uh, of, of jabs and, and hooks and everything was landing. And then Yanis came, came back to his corner, figured out the plan. Uh, those body shots were great. He was able to uh, neutralize Costa. Yeah, I could see Costa's tank was was empty. Uh, I guess he just put too much out there in the first round. Um, and then that huge uppercut that dropped him, Chris Tyone came in and, and stopped it. Uh, that also won him a month's supply of Dr. Pepper. They had a bit of a bet going on, so uh, that was kind of hilarious to hear that they had a friendly bet being waged. It was uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups or Dr. Pepper on the other side, so uh, a month's supply of Dr. Pepper. Don't know how much that costs, but uh, probably manageable for a guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, a, it's a nice little bet. Nice little bet between competitors, so that was pretty cool to see. A great
0: win by Gannis. Yeah, that is, uh, I think that's his uh, third or fourth KO in a row. And uh, yeah, fifth K, no, fifth K in a row. And uh, that's, that's gets him. No, that that's, sorry. That is his third KO in a row. Uh, Francis Ngannou has five. That's the longest active streak. Tai Tuovasa and Chris Dacus both have three each. So uh, three KOs in a row. Uh, Yanis didn't look like he was going to extend that streak. But, man, is that guy tough. And uh, watch all three of those knockouts. uh, Incredible performance by him. And, uh, yeah, he is a a serious threat in that division and a big up-and-comer.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. he's, He's on his way up, and he's got the power to put people away. And it's power that actually doesn't fade.
0: He carries it on through round one, Yeah, two, Yeah, three. you're right. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's go to the feature co- fight in the prelim card. Brendan Allen and Puna Soriano. Uh, amazing fight as well. Uh, Brendan Allen, man, that guy is one tough guy. I thought he was going to have a ton of trouble with the Hawaiian Puna. Uh, he ended up grinding out a, a, a really good decision victory in this one.
1: Yeah, well, with Brendan Allen, he is such a great technical fighter, and Suriano, super tough, super powerful. So you're, you're looking at both these fight these fighters and thinking to yourself, well, will one guy trump the other guy because of what he's really good at? with Suriano with power or Brendan Allen with his technical prowess? In the end, it happens to be Allen with his technical prowess and the fact that the man can take a shot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he can take a shot, man. Yeah. And because uh, Seriano touched him up a couple of times with some power shots, and Brendan Allen kept coming. I would say the, the one strike that was the most significant between the two fighters was Brendan Allen's uh, uh, a leg kick to the body. He kept landing that over and over True. and True. over again. Yeah. And that particular shot was what tired Seriano enough. Yeah that I think that uh, affected him in the fight and gave him the ability, Allen, the ability to win the fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, good call. Definitely, yeah. uh, That was uh, Puna's first loss in the UFC. Um, he is uh, he was 8-0, now he's 8-1, so a uh, huge win for Brendan Allen. Um, there wasn't any real big favorite in this one, but um, yeah, that old must-go uh, Miranda Maverick was also undefeated going into that fight and, and lost her first fight ever. Uh, he called out Sean Strickland, who's uh, fighting in the main event uh, this coming Saturday against Uriah Hall. Um, that'll be a heck of a battle, those two. Uh, Strickland's on a four-fight win streak, and uh, Brendan Allen's uh, yeah, just uh, lighting guys up. Uh, yeah, I hope they can put that together. That'd be amazing to see.
1: Yes, that would be awesome to see. And I would love to see that fight, like especially when it looks like Brendan Allen seemed like when he was talking about in the post-fight interview that Strickland was ducking him or something like that. So, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of animosity. Yes, I love that. I love that when there's something between the fighters that will basically spice up the fight. So, Yeah. yeah, hopefully they make that happen.
0: Yeah, and he also called out uh, Edmund Shabazian. And uh, I think a lot of guys are calling him out right now because he really is on a downslide, a couple losses in a row. But, uh, yeah, I prefer to see um, Sean Strickland and Brendan Allen. I think that'll be great. But uh, we'll talk about Strickland in a couple minutes, uh, previewing next weekend. Uh, okay, uh, Ian Heinisch came out pretty strong in uh, his middleweight battle between Nasruddin Imovov. Im- and, uh, but Imovov, man, whew, whew, I wouldn't want to face this guy. This guy is tough and mean, and he got a big knockout victory in this one. Did you hear? Did you hear?
1: Uh, I, I heard about, like, a three words.
0: So <laughs> no. Okay, uh, tell me about your thoughts about the Heinish-Imovov fight.
1: Okay, well, um... I thought to myself that Imovov had the better movement between the two guys. Like I thought his in and out movement was fantastic. And also too, I thought his assortment of attacks was just better than Ian Heinisch's. So, um, and also too, but Heinisch had the one thing that was going for him, which was he just kept attacking Imovov's uh, front leg. Leg kick, leg kick, leg kick. He tried to take away Imovov's base, Yep. But it, it just, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough because Imogov had constant pressure. He kept, uh, he kept uh, pressing Heinisch with his pressure. And also too, because of that pressure, it was harder for Heinisch to throw that leg kick if he's constantly going backwards. Right. So he was somewhat negating his leg kick, but he, Heinisch was still managing to land it. But then again, uh, but then eventually he got, he got caught. Uh, Heinisch got caught with a lightning quick left that dropped him, and then in round two, and then a one-two against the fence, fence, followed by the knee, and then it was all she wrote. It was over. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's pretty lethal. Um, Heinisch, uh, yeah, with those leg strikes, I thought he was going to start getting an advantage, but yeah, once he was being uh, having to always go back and and try to fight off these hard shots. He took a lot of damage to his eye and he was getting uh, picked apart, uh, some really lethal shots. Uh, the one shot that just wobbled him and then he f- went back against the cage, took a couple more, took the knee and, and hit, hit the ground. Uh, uh, Mark Smith had to come in and stop it and uh, yeah, super super dominant performance. Uh, Imovov, uh, he's from France but I think he's a Dagestan guy. Uh, Man, those Dagestanis are are just, uh, they're rising up to the top of this UFC. I wouldn't be, I'd be surprised if we don't see three or four of these guys champs very soon.
1: Yeah, man, like these Dagestani fighters are are the truth. They're the real deal. They can fight you at any level, at any time, and they're all super, super, duper tough. Super tough. Because, I'd have to say that anybody else that takes that many leg kicks that Imavov did, like he had the perfect poker face. It didn't look like they, they affected him whatsoever, no. at all.
0: Yeah. Kind of amazing. amazing, very amazing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jordan Williams, Mickey Gall. Uh, I've never been a fan of Mickey Gall. I think he started his UFC career a little too soon. I think they. Uh, Pushed him into, uh, into the top league early, early, early on before he really had uh, a well-rounded game. Uh, but um, this was probably my be- the best performance I've ever seen out of him. Uh, but he went back to his tried-and-true rear naked choke. Uh, he's got five victories by rear naked choke out of his... Uh, no, six, uh, six rear naked choke wins out of his seven victories. Uh, pretty crazy that... Um, yeah, he just uh, constantly goes to that and guys can't defend it and he ends up getting the victory.
1: Yeah, but I would say that Williams did have his bell rung from that close-in shovel uppercut with the right that he floored him with. Right. And I I, I I, did a replay of that particular punch. That was a lot of power generated close-in that mm-hmm. I've never seen Mickey Gold do. Right, experience. right. Like, I yeah. was impressed with that blow and that strike, yeah. and I want to say that's what paid him dividends going forward in that fight. I don't think Williams ever really recovered after that particular strike. Yeah, and then eventually, I was able to take him down, take his back, for the rear naked choke, and then eventually get it, and that was all
0: she wrote. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, he's got uh, the second most submissions at Welter, in welterweight history. Uh, Chris Lytle, Damian Meyer, and Gunnar Nelson all have six submission wins, and Matt Hughes, Eric Silva, and, and Mickey Gall now have five, which is kind of crazy. That shocks me that uh, out of the history of the welterweight division, um, yeah, it's only six submissions is the top. But uh, he's already got five. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's developing, you're right, that power that he generated from that punch. It wasn't there in his early fights, but he was somehow able to generate that and, uh, yeah, take the fight to the ground where, where he's been dominant already. Yes,
1: yeah, and he's, he's going to be always dominant on the ground. That's his bread and butter, and especially going to that rear naked choke, that's what he's most comfortable with. Yep. If you can fight that off and somehow manage to keep this dude on his feet, well, then I think you got a better chance of beating Mickey Gall. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> okay, this um, this fight between uh, uh, Julio Arce and Adrian Uhl, uh, one of my other favorite fights on the card. Uh, I uh, yeah, I was I was really surprised that Arce uh, was able to be uh, yeah so good after return of over two years. He had surgery on both of his elbows, and he was coming back. And they made him the favorite, and he came in and and got the KO victory. Um, super impressive performance with a guy that's been through a lot over the past couple of years. Yes,
1: it was very impressive against the tough a tough opponent. And Arce looked fantastic. Like yeah. his his hands looked crisp, sharp, sharp counters. Footwork looked fantastic. He just looked really, really, really good. Yeah. And I, I was expecting there to be some sort of ring rust, but just like we saw with Dillashaw from the main event with this guy Arce, there, there wasn't really any. He, he looked sharp in there.
0: Yeah. Real sharp. Amazing. Sure did. Yeah, very sharp. Amazing performance, and uh, yeah, Miss, Mister Highlight, uh, yeah, has another one on his resume. Pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, Okay, uh, two more fights on the card, just briefly go over them. Uh, Sajara Eubanks uh, has had a little bit of struggles recently, decided uh, to try another weight class, Uh, came in and beat up uh, Elise Reed really bad. Her eye was completely shut, Uh, really took advantage of her, got on top and just pounded her out until the ref stopped it. Uh, Sarge is back and uh, first loss ever to Reed. Uh, Young girl as well. But, um, yeah, this was uh, definitely Sarge's fight the whole time.
1: Yeah. Reed looked a little bit overmatched in this fight. And I want to say that maybe Eubank should stay at this weight division. She just looked super powerful and very, very strong. Like to the point that maybe she was dehydrating herself too much to get down to that lower weight division. I think this is one where she should stay at because she looked really, really good and really, really healthy at
0: this weight class. Yeah. She called out uh, pretty much everybody after the fight. Uh, she wants uh, she wants to go after the belt and wants everybody on the way up. So, um, yeah, uh, great to see. You. I've always been impressed by her performances. And, uh, yeah, she seems back. And I think you're right. I think this is the right uh, weight class for her. Uh, anything to say about this first fight of the night, the women's strawweight fight? Uh, went to the decision. Uh, Diana... Belbita beat uh, Hannah Goldie. Um, I don't really have much to say, but uh, anything stand out for you with this one?
1: Not really. Uh, it was just a good win uh, by... Uh, uh, what was her name again? H- Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was a good win. It was a good win. Yeah, yeah. Not, nothing really stood out too much for me in this fight either.
0: Yeah, same goes, yeah. Okay, well, uh, great card as always. Uh, that was the the comeback card of the year there was every single fight on the uh, main card was a comeback and there was a few other comebacks on the prelims too so uh cool fight um, cool card I, I enjoyed it so much and uh, i hope you did too uh, did you did you appreciate it as much as i did of course i did of course i did man
1: i i wasn't expecting to see all of these fighters just
0: like find the
1: will deep within them to say no, I'm not going out like that. I'm going to come back. Like, there like, was so many fighters that did that on this yeah. card. It was actually kind of amazing. It was very cool to see and uh, very entertaining to be
0: a part of, to watch, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree, yeah. Okay, why don't we just uh, touch base on next Saturday's card that's back at the UFC Apex. Uh, we've got Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland both come in off of four fight winning streaks, uh, both uh, tough as nails. Uh, Uriah Hall coming in uh, after that. Chris Weidman, uh, really short performance where Weidman broke his leg. Um, Yeah, what do you see uh, in this one? Who do you think got the edge?
1: I think, I'm hoping that Uriah Hall doesn't have a slow start because he can be notorious for slow starts and that can affect his chances of winning the fight. Hopefully, he comes out faster than he usually does. Yeah. And then if he does that, I think um, we're going to see a fantastic fight. But if he comes out with a slow start, I think he gives all the advantage to Sean Strickland by just giving away the first round.
0: Yeah. 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 He does that too often, doesn't
1: he? He does that a lot, man. He does that way too often. So I'm hoping that that is not the case for this particular fight.
0: Yeah. So... Yeah, me too. Uh, I love watching Hall. He's got some of the most highlight uh, real fights in the history of the of the, of the sport. And uh, yeah, he's great when he's on. But he does have slow starts. And Str- Sean Strickland isn't a guy you want to start slow against. Uh, Strickland has been on a tear, and he's tough as nails. So, uh, but yeah, great battle. I think that's going to be a fun main event. Uh, the co-main event has Chris Daukaus. Against Shamil Uh I don't, I can't tell you too much about uh, about him, but I can tell you that Dawkins uh, is on a four KO win streak. He beat Danny Holmes, Parker Porter, Rodrigo Nascimento, and Alexei Olinik all by KO. Uh, he's uh, really been amazing uh, to come into the UFC and get uh, these quick knockouts he's been on a tear and uh I, I expect i suspect he's probably gonna have difficulty in this one but uh what do you think
1: uh i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: apologize here who
1: is the co-main event again i i did not hear that at all i, I, oh, didn't, I didn't hear that
0: uh shamil <laughs> abdur kaminoff
1: okay with chris Okay, Go yeah. got it yeah i think it's gonna be a great fight uh I love Chris Dawkins. Yeah. I love Chris Dawkins because he's he's on the come up. He is an incredibly confident fighter right now. I'm sorry, you know what? I'm just gonna say right now. I'm going with Chris Dawkins. I'm nice. going with Chris Dawkins on this fight because he just seems to have all the momentum on his side. And I I, I don't know if he steamrolls Abdur Abdurra man, but Abdurra come off or whatever. <laughs> I don't think he steamrolls him but I, I,
0: think, I think he beats him for sure. I do. No, I really yeah. do. Yeah, me too, yeah. Uh, a lot of other exactly. great fights on the card. Uh, good to see Smile and Sam LV back. Uh, the fight that kicks off the main card has Brian Barbarina against Jason, the vanilla gorilla wit, uh, which will be a, a hell of a battle. Those two guys know how to bang, and it'll be fun. Uh, quite a few of the uh, sort of lesser names on the prelim card... Um, any any other fighters uh, standing out for you that uh, people should keep an eye out for?
1: Uh, possibly the main event on the prelim card uh, because I remember seeing that Lizzez guy fight and I liked the way that he fought. He yeah. was uh, pretty dynamic with his striking. So I'm kind of curious to see if he can keep
0: stock rising within the UFC. Stolte, yeah, that's a tough opponent. Um, both those yes. guys are, yeah, really good. Uh, Gritsmeier is there on the card. Ashley Yoder stands out. Kai Kamaka against Danny Chavez. And then we've got Ryan Benoit uh, uh, kicking off the card. So, um, yeah, it goes a little earlier. I think uh, starts at, uh, prelim start at one, main card starts about three. So, uh a little earlier than normal but um yeah it'll be fun as always won't it yes of course it will be fun as always because
1: we'll be watching and we'll be cheering and we'll be analyzing as we always
0: do yeah 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 thanks man this was great uh an amazing uh breakdown and um yeah i'm sure there's gonna be tons of stuff to talk about next week with all the huge trades the the draft that happens and uh ufc Though i'm sure there'll be some more things coming out of the nfl and uh olympics too i uh, hope hope you get a chance to see more of the olympics and um yeah i hope you have a week that goes nice and fast and you get to enjoy the sunshine quite a bit
1: yes well thank you very much and i hope that you enjoy the rest of your time off because it's now coming to a close yeah <laughs> You get to join
0: us back in the working world.
1: So
0: exciting. So <laughs> yeah. exciting. So exciting, yeah. Can't, I won't be able to sleep. I pulled an all-nighter um, Friday through, no, Saturday through Sunday. So I got a couple more nights to pull all-nighters, and then I'm back at it having to uh, get up early and pound it. Yeah, I, I'm sure I won't be as happy next Monday as I am this Monday for sure. No, you will not. No, you will not.
1: You you will feel the crushing weight of all oh, bad work. Awesome, I love it, I love it so much.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, enjoy your night. Uh, I'm about to uh, strip off my clothes and uh, enjoy the rest of my week. And uh, I guess yeah, we'll be. I'm sure we'll be texting quite a bit through the week as things wear on. And I hope I get to cross paths with you at some of the uh, prop houses like we we've done over the years. Uh, I'll see you at VPC on Thursday somewhere.
1: Yes, definitely. I will see you there, my friend. I will nice. see
0: you. Okay, all right, buddy. Cheers. Thanks, man. Take care. Okay. okay Bye for now. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks, Jason, and thank you to all our viewers and listeners. Um, thank you, Larray, for all your great help this week, and thank you for uh, yeah watching and listening. I appreciate it as always. And thank you to our partners and sponsors. Anchor FM, the easiest place to make a podcast. Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company with the V356. Pampas and Possibilities, the designers of West Coast pretty things that you can put um, through your household. And, of course, uh, Forever Living, the aloe vera company that makes products for health and beauty. So thank you to our partners and sponsors, and thank you to you. Uh, Thanks, Jason. Uh, You made my Monday evening great, as usual, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to send you on your way and I'm going to get uh, undressed because I'm really hot under these lights and and doing this. But uh, anyway, have a great week. Uh, Check out completemedianetwork.com. Tons of stuff on there. So many new things on all of our websites. Uh, We've got everything for everybody. So uh, check us out, okay? Take care of yourself. Love you lots. Bye for now.